Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Grayson Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in passively investing with us, please visit graystonecapgroup.com and join our investor network. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, Savannah. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Can you tell us about your background, please? Yeah. So I, um, I grew up in Sacramento, California. I went to school up there at Sacramento State University. I got my um, nursing degree and um, worked in a couple different specialties, worked in a couple different hospitals, moved down to Los Angeles, California, got my master's degree in nursing, leadership and administration. Uh, right now I'm working overseeing multiple departments uh, at a hospital here in Los Angeles. I started investing in real estate with single family homes. Uh, shortly after that, I was listening to people kind of talk about scaling their business and what they were doing. And a lot of them were saying they wish they would have scaled faster with multifamily. So shortly after I started investing in single family, I switched over to multifamily and I've been investing in multifamily ever since. Okay, great. Wonderful. Yeah, that's always a, the, trip to the traditional um, path where you start small and you want to go larger and larger because you realize that having less income in house is not enough to get you faster and bigger where you want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So similar to my background, I started in like few small residential and I got to commercial real estate. Okay, great. So, um, so how, what markets are you focusing on now and why? So right now we um, just did an apartment deal up in Oregon, California. We were looking up there just because I have family up there. Um, my husband and I, we do the investing together. Um, we, found an apartment complex up there. We have a team built over there that we really like. So we're still looking up in that area. A lot of our single family homes are over in Georgia. So we look over there. It's a really hot market, pretty competitive, but we still look at deals over there pretty frequently. Um, we're also looking in Reno, Nevada, just because we have boots on the ground over there as well. And then also New Mexico. Okay, great, great. Um, so let's do a deep dive on your first deal. I wanna I wanna dissect and understand the anatomy of your first deal, so people who are listening who are first timers can understand what does it mean going through a syndication and how the process works. So yeah. can you just walk us through the first step and like the LOI process and how do you identify the property? How do you find it? Yeah, so we created um, some great connections with brokers. Uh, we had this broker up in Oregon who was sending us great. We were very specific about what we were looking for in a deal. So what size, about um, what price range we were looking for, about a million dollars. We um, were wanting something a very strong value add. Um, because we were going to have investors investing with us and we just wanted to make sure that we could get them the returns that we were looking for. So we were working with the broker up there. So any strong value add deals he would send to us and he got this one that had um, rents that were 18% below market as well as a storage space that could easily be converted into a studio apartment and doing that just skyrockets the NOI in that market. So um, we he sent it over to us. We um, submitted an offer on the deal and then got it under contract and then started the due diligence. 
Okay, great, great. Excellent, excellent. And what did you like about Because you have significant value add, and I guess, what was it, 1970s, 60s build? Tell us a little about the property. Yeah, um, 1970s, garden style, um, What two two buildings. One of the buildings did have um, multi-level, and that's where the um, studio is going to be. There was a storage unit on the ground level that was just being used for storage for the tenants around there. So we're going to be, um, the unit directly above it is a studio as well. So we're going to be able to easily convert it with the same layout. It's within the building. Um, it's a very strong working class. It's on a coastal town of Oregon, a really strong rental market. Um, and because we frequent that area, because uh, my parents live up there, we, we go there often. Okay, nice, nice. So 1970 builds, and, and is a, a, how many units is this apartment building? So 12, and then after we um, convert that storage space into a studio, it'll have 13. Oh, 13. Okay, 13 uh, units, apartment building, 1970s build, I guess class C, right? Class C. Yeah, property. C plus, yeah. Okay, okay, great, great. And in Oregon, a coastal town in Oregon. Very nice, yep. very nice. I love Oregon. It's very beautiful there. Yeah, it's beautiful. So um, so you got it in LOI, you got it under contract. What was the next step that you did in your deal? So then we were going through the due diligence part. So the, with this is when we did a lot of our networking with lenders, with property managers. We wanted to make sure that everything that the broker and seller were submitting us in the financials kind of made sense with what our underwriting, um, what we did in our underwriting. So we um, collaborated with our property manager first. Um, so we reached out to a couple people in the area, vetted them out. Um, the property manager we ended up going with, she was born and raised in the area. She manages other properties there. She's been managing properties in this uh, town for 20 plus years. When I called her up to do the initial interview, she knew exactly what building I was talking about, where it was located, how many units were in it. She knew a lot about the building. So it was a really good sign. She also has a, a great personality. Um, she was willing to oversee construction since we're going to be converting that unit. And then she also didn't see any issues with raising the rents, um, what we were planning to in our underwriting. So we were planning to raise it to market rent over a three-year period. And she said that what we were wanting to do was on track. So we made sure to get her um, just to verify our underwriting. Then she um, worked with a contractor and I um, screened a couple different contractors in the area because we were going to be doing quite a heavy re uh, renovation on the project. So he uh, went out, looked at the property with the property manager. He walked in every single unit, gave us a, um, a uh, invoice of, of what it would all cost to make that happen. Um, and it was in line with our underwriting. And then also we uh, reached out to a couple different mortgage brokers and uh, vetted out different loan terms, um, just kind of what options we had in terms of financing. So you had a, a, an invoice for construction. So you have that, which is now your underwriting. Yep. And did you get agency there like Freddie Mac, Freddie Mae? No. So we ended up going with a local credit union um, in the area. So um, the bookkeeping on the property wasn't the best. So it was kind of a struggle with the loan process to begin with. But this loan officer, he was recommended to us from the uh, property broker. So okay. he um, was able to, he kind of knew ahead of time that the bookkeeping wasn't going to be perfect. And um, they were still able to give us a great turn, uh, term, 30 year, 3.8 um, financing on the property. 25%, okay. it was 25.75 loan to value. Okay, so the difference between that and agency loans is that this is more a recourse loan versus a non-recourse loan. Okay. Yep, exactly. Yes. Okay. okay, and you're willing to take that risk because I guess you were invested in that deal, you take that risk. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Um, in your due diligence, did you go out there with a lot of like your contractors or your property manager? How did you, did you check every single unit? What did you do? Yeah. In that process? So we um, coordinated a time and date that worked with all the parties involved. So we went and toured it with the broker. Um, so it was us, the broker, um, the property manager and the contractor. And then he had an engineer with him. Um, on his team. So there was like five, six of us, maybe seven of us. Um, One of our investors who lives in the area wanted to come and check out the property as well. So we invited her along and um, we did tour every single unit um, just to make sure everything was in line. No unexpected surprises. Okay. So it was an easy, straightforward due diligence. Wasn't enough, no major issues that you uncovered. No, no major issues. The great, the great thing was because we were doing it out of state. The broker was very transparent with us. He knew everything about the property, any questions we had before we even submitted an offer on it. He was very upfront and honest about every detail of the property because he didn't want to waste anyone's time and get it under contract and then have some of these unexpected like surprises come up and us pull out for any reason. Um, the seller was really uh, ready to sell. He was trying to 1031 this into a land um, and he had owned it a long time and just kind of went lax on the management side of things. And so he was really just ready to get out of the deal. And so the broker tried to make it as, as easy as possible for us to take it over. So I assume the roof was okay and there's no heavy capex, right? There's no... Yeah, no major capex. And we knew that ahead of time. But then going and doing our due diligence, um, the the contractor just confirmed it. Okay, great. So yes, you did everything properly, you got to do diligence. And I guess the next phase is making sure you can close on time and a smooth process. How did that that go for you? So the time frame was a little bit drawn out. Um, We had the 30 day extension built into the initial offer, um, just for for any reason we needed to use it and we ended up using it. Um, So there were fires up in Oregon during this time. It was over the summer when we were closing it. So there were some big fires up there, like our um, loan team ended up getting evacuated for a week. Um, the contractor wasn't able to go out to the property for over a week. So a couple things got delayed because of that. And then also with everything going on right now with COVID, the banks are just really flooded with people refinancing and purchasing homes because of the low interest rates. So um, it was a, a little bit of a slower process than we were expecting. We went the full 90 days, like the last day to close. So you just made it under that 30 day extension. Yeah. Okay, great, great. And have you learned a lot from this experience that you, you did your first deal? Yeah, lots. So um, my husband and I were doing it together and um, we're kind of still trying to split up our business and what different aspects of the business that we're going to be doing. But for this first deal, we really wanted to do every step of the process together. So it was a lot of different Um, communication pieces with different parties. So we would be sure like when we were doing the PPM with the lawyer for the syndication, we were both on the call with that and every through every step of the process for that Um, with the property manager and the underwriting, just really making sure all of our numbers lined up and everything looked good. Um, We really just wanted to make sure every step of the process was done the right way. So it was a lot of communication and a lot of just dotting our I's and crossing our T's to make sure everything looked good. 
Okay, now, and the important question is, how did you raise capital for your deal? Yes, so um, this was our first time raising capital for this deal. Um, for this deal, we did it with friends and family who knew that we were already investing in real estate and who kind of knew what we were doing and who knew us as people. So um, we vetted out just um, kind of some friends and family who we thought would be interested in investing, who are interested in real estate, sent out some feelers, talked to people. Um, it was a very intense process in terms of kind of handholding and making sure we were having the communication. Right now, I'm in the process of building a brand and um, building all the educational material for investors so that all of that stuff is kind of given up front and then people can see that and then determine whether or not based on that they they that a syndication or a real estate investment would be a good fit for them but because we didn't have any of that built it was really just phone calls zoom calls hopping on showing our, our investors our underwriting and what we were doing what our projected returns were um, pictures of the property we took tons of videos sent it over to them um, so it was a lot it was a lot of it was a lengthy process in terms of getting investors on board. Okay. Um, so what advice would you give our listeners um, who never done their first deal? I think um, the first step, if you're even thinking about getting into real estate investing or syndications or multifamily is to really kind of narrow down which niche you want to do, because there's so many different ways you can get involved in real estate. Uh, you can do single family homes, flipping, there's the vacations and the Airbnbs, the land, um, a lot of different things. So we were very specific about what we wanted from real estate and what we were good at in terms of constructing a deal. Um, so I think it worked out for us because we were very specific on what we wanted. So if anyone's trying to get involved in this, I would think like what you're good at and then what, what you want out of real estate and make sure that what you're trying to do in terms of investment strategy really lines up. Cause there's a lot of different options to get involved. Right, right. There's Airbnb, there's single yeah. house, there's also the Burr method, the bigger right. pockets talk about. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, so many ways how you can, you know, skin a cat. So I guess you can think of what's best fits you and your strategy and go for it, right? Yeah. Okay. And and what made you choose multifamily specifically over like Airbnb or land or notes or anything like that? Yeah. So we listen to a lot of different, I mean, I'm a bigger pockets junkie and they talk about all different kinds of um, kind of strategies on that show. And so you listen to an episode about Airbnbs and you're like, wow, that's so awesome. I want to do that. Or I mean, doing a Airbnb and renting out to travel nurses, like that one kind of stood out to me or skilled nursing facilities. Um, we really moved towards multifamily because we felt that it just had the less, the least amount of risk with the highest rewards. And even now, especially during COVID, it's really just proved our point because you see like um, office buildings going out of business or um, like dorm style things like with people not in school, like those are kind of a hard sell, even Airbnbs and the short term rentals, like those were kind of shut down for a big chunk of time during uh, COVID. So multifamily, we felt was the safest, like less, less amount, least amount of risk uh, with the highest rewards. Nice. Very nice. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Multifamily is the, one of the lower classes, whereas office and, you know, even travel industry, Airbnb got, got significantly hurt because of the, the travel industry, right? Because of COVID-19. Yeah. So what's the best way they can uh, connect with you? 
Yeah. So um, you can find me at the net worth nurse on any social media handle. You can go to my website, the net worth nurse.com. And then on there, there's my Instagram. I'm under the net worth nurse, LinkedIn, the net worth nurse, YouTube, and Facebook. And if you want to email me, you can email me at Savannah at, at the net worth nurse.com. Okay. Wonderful. Great. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.